Hey guys, welcome back to Performance Anxiety. This week is about my own performance anxiety as much as it is about our guest. We welcome DJ Yo C from Montreal, Quebec to the show. Seeing as I know nothing about DJs, house music, raves, anything besides weddings that would entail a, the use of a DJ, I was way out of my comfort zone. So I really appreciate DJ Yossi coming on and explaining what he does, how he does it, how things have changed over the past decade, and how he stays on top of his game. We also talk about dogs, his own dog and my dog, and the charity that he helps support, Rescue All Dogs. Check them out on Instagram and all social media platforms, and help them out as much as you can. Please enjoy this episode featuring DJ Yossi and my own performance anxiety. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Performance ANX on Instagram and Twitter. And check out our shop on Threadless at performanceanx.threadless.com and pick up some cool merchandise. Also, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen. It really helps us out. Thank you so much. Anytime you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, whenever you're ready. Oh, I'm, I'm still okay, recording, go. so whenever you're ready, you go on. All right, no problem. Hey, everyone. My name is DJ Yoshi, and I'm on Performance Society. Take a listen anytime. Great host. Great topics. Thank you very much. I'm going to be honest, completely 100% honest with you. I don't know anything about DJs. So I'm actually looking forward to talking with you for a little while so I can learn some stuff. With pleasure. Awesome. I'll awesome. Teach you stuff if you need to learn stuff. Perfect. Perfect. And you can tell me a little bit about uh, some DJ etiquette and stuff because I know uh, DJs all have different handles you guys go by. And I don't know if it's polite to ask real names or how you got your no, handle and stuff. It's fine. Okay, cool. Um, so you were you're in Canada. You're from Montreal, correct? I'm from Montreal, exactly. Okay, so and I've, I've seen some pictures of you, and uh, you're wearing an Expos hat. So are you are you a baseball All fan? All the time. Uh, you know what? It's funny. Uh, I have only been to a couple of baseball games ever in my life, uh, and we don't have any. We don't have baseball anymore in Montreal. It's I know. Like, we took your team. Uh, yeah, you in Washington? Um, yeah, I'm in DC. I'm right outside of DC. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you guys saw our team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to no, say sorry, but no. You know what? I I think I guess I'm guessing it, it, it was just not working out uh, anymore in Montreal. But 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 I do have to say that for a couple of years now, the city has been trying to work on bringing back a team to Montreal. Um, yes. They've been wanting to build a a stadium downtown so it would be easier access and more accessible to people to to go see games in Montreal. Because before it used to be at the Olympic Stadium, and I I feel that um, the the location was an issue for for some. Yeah. And the attendance wasn't as good as it used to be. I just don't know if if baseball was as hype as it was uh, throughout the years beforehand. So 
I think people lost interest, and in, I mean, it, it is. We are a big hockey city, that's for sure. That's true. Uh, that is you know. true. And you, you know, it's yeah, one of those. It's one of those things that you don't really, you may not appreciate the team until it's gone. I know that happens a lot in the NFL, and and it's ha- happened with hockey and uh, basketball. With I know Seattle is really trying to get a team back after they lost the, the SuperSonics. So I really hope that the MLB puts a team back in Montreal because I always thought the Expos were really cool. So, um, so we've got kind of a, a strange connection there. Me being a DC fan and you, you being in, in Montreal with the Expos and is, is Montreal uh, a big spot for DJs? I mean, is it, uh, I don't, I've, cause I've never been, so I don't know anything about Montreal. You know, uh, What's we have like? a lot of DJs that came. A lot of big DJs came out of Montreal. Uh, you have A Track, Kike, Atiga, uh, Scratch Bastard, Grand Theft. Uh, a lot of names uh, came out of Montreal. Montreal has a lot of talent and a lot of creative minds. It's just that, unfortunately, uh, you know, when, once you reach a certain level, it's hard to break out more. Um, okay. It's what do you mean by that? Stay at the level, or you have to get out of Montreal to make it bigger. Like you know, like we have Celine Dion. That's a perfect example. Okay, she's from Montreal. She's from Quebec. She's from Quebec. She's from Montreal. Right. At one point, how how bigger can she get in Montreal? That's you know, you true. reach a plateau. You reach a level where what what is next? So I think whether it be a DJ or an artist, whatever it is, for an artist itself, even businesses like. You you need to think outside of the box, and you, think, you need to think more globally. So, as a DJ, you need to think more globally because, I, as much as you want to DJ in clubs and do events here and there, whatever it is, at one point, what, what where else are you supposed to go? Right. Even if you even if you're at, at your peak for five years, eight years, ten years, whatever it is, you know, after a while, like people, there's always new fresh blood. Or uh, a newcomer. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're better than you, but it's a new, it's a new generation. Okay. So, it, 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 like I think, like anything else in the world, or anything else, like in terms of like actors or or, or artists, it, you always need to renew yourself or think outside of the box. Where you're like, okay, well, I, I've done great locally. Now I need to think internationally. Yeah, you got to expand your your base, or you're just going to stagnate. Exactly. Or you're just going to stall. And if you're going to stall, there's two ways of going. It's either you continue going up or you just go down. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, that's what, that's, that's how, that's, that, that's what I think it is. And there's always new DJs. It's easier for, for people to become DJs today. It's so easy to become DJs today. And there's not enough clubs to sustain the amount of DJs that there are out there. Oh, really? Or, okay. Well, it, 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 I mean, everybody wants to play at the at the hot places, but you don't have that many hot places for that many DJs. Okay. Okay. So, so you know, then you have the bars and you have this and that, whatever. But you know, the hot DJs, the the, the names, the big names, or the up up and coming DJs, there's not enough clubs to sustain the amount of DJs. And this is anywhere in the world. I don't think it's only in Montreal. I mean, I go to LA a lot. Even in LA, there's a lot more clubs in LA than there is in Montreal, but there's a lot of DJs in LA, like a lot of DJs in LA. Yeah. Anybody could be a DJ. Um, so again, it's it becomes it becomes more of a who you know kind of game, kind of game. 
uh-huh. with your contacts, uh, the promoters. Uh, the promoters want to come in and promote a club. Oh, well, actually, we want to bring in, I want to bring in my friend who's a DJ, and a DJ for, this, for my night. So it, at one point, yeah, okay, you have a branding, you have a name, you have a following maybe, but like I said, generations change, and then you have new promoters, and you have new club owners, and you have all oh, oh, something new, 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 that eventually you get bumped, bumped out of the whole scene. Whether you like it or not, it's not because you're not good. It's just that, you know, it's just the way of life. Right, right. It's, it's and you have for fresh expect, blood. And... Yeah, but you have to expect it and you have to, you have to foresee it as a DJ. You're just not going to be there forever and you can't DJ forever. Like I, I, I tell this to a lot of my DJ fans. I've been telling this to them for a long time. You always have to think outside of the box. You always have to think outside of just DJing. You cannot be the, a simple DJ for the rest of your life. It will not be enough. Because even if you do five nights a week at one point in your career, you'll get bummed down to two nights a week, then one right. night a week, then you have no more nights. Right. And, then right. The, and, the, and the older you get, the more expenses you have. Because you're DJing at one point, you're DJing, you're starting out your DJ career. Okay, you're living with your parents. Oh, okay, now I'm going to start, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rent a place or I'm going to buy a place. You got more expenses at that point. Yeah. You're going to get a car. You're going to get this. You're going to get it. Maybe you're going to have a girlfriend. Maybe you'll have a kid. Who knows? So your expenses are, are you're, you get more expensive, expensive in life. So if you're only DJing and if you're only making four or $500 a night, after a while, it's not enough. So you have to think, that's why I'm saying you have to think of more outside the box, either start becoming more of a businessman where you have other kind of investments coming in and not have to rely only on DJing. Okay. So you, I don't know, maybe, maybe or work another nine to five job, plus you're DJing on the weekend. So you have extra income coming in or you have, uh, or you're building something on your nine to five job where, you know, okay, well, eventually you're going to be promoted, promoted, promoted to have, to have a bigger salary, a bigger salary, whatever it is. It, it, it really depends on the person, but that's what I think as a local DJ, don't base yourself on the DJing for too long because as much as you think you're the hot thing right now, you're not going to be the hot thing in a couple of years. Right, exactly. So how did you get your start in DJing? How, what was uh, the impetus that made you say, I'm, I, want to, I want to try that, I really want to do that? So funny enough, I started DJing when I was 13, 15, no. Uh, my, my, my sister married a DJ um, oh, okay. who, who was actually not a club DJ, but a private and corporate event DJ. So he would do oh. a lot of private events. He would do a lot of corporate events. So he had gear. And he needed, he needed guys to move that gear. So I was just 13 years old. My sister told me, and I, I, it was during summertime. My sister told me, look, do you want a summer job? Uh, my husband's looking for guys to help him out move gear from one place to the other for events. Every time he, he, he has an event. You know what? I, I'm like, sure, no problem. I didn't even know really what the whole concept of DJing was at that point. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know what kind of gear he had. I mean, I, I never saw that kind of gear, whatever. <laughs> So I, I went and started, I started working with them. And um, within the first six months, I got so intrigued by the whole DJing thing. And I, I just started loving it just by watching him just DJ. And I'm like, I would sit down at the events, wait, like once we finished setting up, he would DJ. I would just sit down there, watch him, choose the records, play the records, uh, learn about music because it was like, to me, it was like, wow, I never heard these songs before in my life. Like I, I, I would learn all kinds of music from all kinds of all kinds of genres and then you see him mix music to get people from 
13, 15 to like 80 years old getting, getting up to dance. Right, you're right. doing private and corporate events. You're not doing clubs at that point. You couldn't doing clubs. So you're learning all kinds just by watching him doing his thing. And within six months, I, 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 started, I, I saved up the money that I was making with him. And I asked him, look, I, I'd really like to learn. Is it possible that I just buy some equipment for you? Some used equipment stuff that you okay. just don't use anymore. So I, I, I bought a few things from him just to practice at home. And from 13 to 15, I, I was just at home practicing every single night after school. Summertime, I'd be home all the time. I would never go to a camp, uh, summer camp. My, my, <laughs> my parents would, my mom, especially my mom, would scream at me all the time. Like they, they, weren't, they weren't happy that I was at home all the time and not going out or, or socializing. And I'm like, no, I just, I'm happy. Just I want to learn. I just want to do this. And so I would listen to DJs on radios, uh, to, to hear the music, to see what how they were playing, just listen to what they were playing, try to mimic what they were doing. And then at 15, one of his employees, who was a DJ also, one of his DJs that used to work for him, called me up one day and he was like, look, I'm doing a wedding. Uh, can you come and DJ with me? I'm like, uh, oh, wow. okay. And I never DJed, and I, I never DJed an event. I was just still practicing at home, and I was just always watching them do their things at the event. Um, and I'm like, okay, but I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. He's like, yeah, but you know all the all the all the music for the for the young kids, right? I'm like, yeah, I do. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so he's like, okay, perfect, just come with me. And he just literally put me on there and he's like, mix. He's like, I'll do the music, just mix. Oh wow! I'm like, okay. So he would give me the music and he's like, mix. And then he would t- teach me sometimes when I, when I would do my mistake. He's like, no, you don't do it like this. You do it like this. So I would I, at 15, I really learned more in terms of DJing, in terms of like my mistakes, in terms of like counting music, in terms of like knowing what to play, when to play, how to read the crowd, because that's very important. Mm-hmm. But also he taught me music that I, from the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, uh, that I've never knew in my life before. So at 15, I, I kind of, my, my, my music knowledge was very, very like broadened because of him. And thanks to him. Good. Oh, uh, awesome. And that point, from that point on, every every event that he was on, he wanted me to be, he wanted me to be there with him. So I go, and I and I just learned, and I was so young and just wanting, eager to learn all, all, all new tricks and music and all that stuff. I was just eating it up, eating it up, eating it up. And then at 19, I got my first break DJing in clubs because I would always also go to clubs all the time and just listen to DJs all the time. Just to listen, I, I I wouldn't go to the clubs to dance or drink. I, it was never that my thing. It was just to go and listen to the DJ play music. Oh, wow. and okay. What he would play, how he would play it. That was always my thing. So in 19, I got my first break to DJ in the club. And, and that's it. And then I, from that point on, I don't know. It just, everything just started rolling and rolling and rolling. But I just never expected it. I, I like, <laughs> like You asked me how I got into it. I just fell into it. It's not like I was looking for it. Right. Oh, wow. I just fell into it and, and, and I just loved it so much that it became my passion and I still love it today till today. And I still practice at home. I have turntables at home and I still practice on my scratches, my turntables and I, I, I practice just trying to new things on it, always trying to learn. Because at the end of the day you, you never know everything. You always need to learn. You always need to open your mind. You always need to learn things. Or else if you think that you you know everything, then that's where the you're you're wrong because right. to to be more creative to, to to continue working to continue being fresh you always want to learn new things that's why I, I mean I believe that totally 
and, and and like I said before, like when I when I was doing it at 19, everything was just starting rolling and rolling and rolling until like I started traveling, and then I started meeting people, and then I started doing. Uh, I went to LA one, uh, once, and, and and my manager at that point, like who who actually got me to open up for the Backstreet Boys, i not open up, but do the after parties, uh, after the concerts, uh, do the boat cruise. Whom he made me open, he made me uh, tour with Usher in terms of like the after parties also. Uh, I did parties for Bruce Willis, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Lindsay Lohan. Like, uh, I've, I've, I've done so many events throughout my career as a DJ. Then I started doing a party for one publicist in LA that opened doors for me so much because from that point on, I did OK Magazine parties, Star Magazine parties, pre Grammy uh, parties, uh, post Grammy parties, uh, Oscar parties, pre Grammy parties. Like, it was just, it, 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 I think it was just, because I loved it so much and I was just eager and eager and eager and I just wanted to learn it and I just wanted to play and I just had so much love for it. I think people saw it. And, and at the same time, I, um, as a DJ, like I tell this to a lot of people, like I just told you before, like, you know, you, you have to be a businessman. So you have to make yourself understand that as a DJ, you are your own business. Right. So at the end of the day, I was marketing myself as a business. I was, doing stuff for free because you know sometimes when you're you have a business like you have a store or whatever it is or a restaurant or or uh i don't know a juice stand or a, a popsicle stand sometimes you give you give samples for people that have to be like oh wow okay this is good i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna buy 10 of these or whatever it is yeah exactly so i would sample myself for events i would i would bring myself to la to new york to toronto wherever it was that i i i want to be in certain events i would go and meet people and and, and just offer my services for free because I just and they, but they kind of knew who I was right um, so well, I would offer my services for free to be to try and get my foot in some doors right and, uh, and it was hard a lot of times yeah and, and but once you but start I, getting in that door and people start recognizing you and, and and recognizing your talent then word spreads even more and you're getting even bigger and better gigs like and that's it but yeah and and but yeah ex that's exactly what happened you know but also people were like like I mean, as, as as good as you could be, it's still about who you are, and people like a person. Right, right. So, so it, it, it's a whole thing together. So they, they, I'm guessing they like to, you know. I'm very nice. I'm very sociable. I'm, I'm, I like talking to people. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm just myself. I'm not. I don't like. You know, I, I'm not a fake person. If I don't like you, I just I won't talk to you. <laughs> that's, it. That's, all. that's the way I am. But you know, if if I like you a lot, I'll do anything to help you out, whatever it is. So I think people just see that I'm kind of like authentic, yeah. and I'm not here to take anything from anybody. I'm just want to. I just want to DJ, and I just want to have a good time, and I just want to make sure that people have a good time and people party. And I, and, and I believe that a strong point that I got that people kind of seem to like as well, and so. Not only do I DJ, but they like my personality. They like who I am, so it helps. Right, yeah. and they remember, and they, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people, and I'm, I, I, I've, I don't call people just to call people for something. I call them to see. Sometimes I just call them to see how they are. That's it. I don't need anything out of them. Right, um, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think I think it's a combination of a, a lot of things, uh, and uh, and I think that helped me get far also in my DJ career. Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, if if you're doing a good job, if you're talented and you're a genuine person, and you and you people can sense that a you love the music, b you love what you're doing, and c you're a good person, 
then they're going to want to work with you because they know you're going to do a good job and you're going to do a, you're going to do your best every time and you're not going to try to just yeah. rip somebody off and and just make a name for yourself the job itself means something to you it, it's the job is the most important part of me exactly exactly and that's why i was looking at some of the people you you've worked with and it kind of blew me away like like you'd mentioned uh, leo dicaprio bruce willis Hillary Duff. The one that kills me though, because I'm I'm a little older, right? So I'm in like my mid forties. So the guy okay. that the guy that, that you worked with that that is just blowing my mind is DJ Jazzy Jeff. That you know what? Is Jazzy, amazing. Jazzy Jeff is amazing. He's an amazing human being. How did that yeah, happen? I remember what I, I I just but I just told you remember what I just told you about people like just liking I guess they like me, whatever it is. Yeah. Jazzy Jeff, not only is he an incredible and talented DJ. And, and let's be, let, let, let's not forget, he's part of Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. So Will yep. Smith, he was on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh yeah. The guy has won Grammys. He's done albums. He's traveled the world, but he's the nicest gentleman that you will ever meet. Oh wow. That's he's crazy. one of the nicest gentlemen that you will ever meet. And he's so talented and he's very, um, he's, he's actually, he pushes people to become better too. Oh, good. That's awesome. And and that's the way that, that and, and, and like I said, and he's been there for a long time now. I think he's in his early 50s and he's still going. That's that's And he's still going. Awesome. And there's a reason for that. So I guess the, the next question is a guy like DJ Jazzy Jeff and, and you, how do you keep on top of the trends for DJing? What how, I don't know. I guess I guess that's the only question. Like, how do you how do you stay on top of of, of your game? It, it, like I said, you have to be open-minded. You really have to be open-minded. So you always have to be willing to learn. And, you know, music changes. Music always changes. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to play your, the same set that you were playing in the 90s or early 2000s and play the same set today. It does not work. Generation change. People change. Music changes. So you have to adapt yourself. So that's why when I said you have to be able to be open-minded because you have to adapt yourself to the new generation. You have to adapt yourself to the changes. You have to adapt yourself to the new market in front of you. Not, I, I'm not saying necessarily that you're going to like all the music that you're playing. Right. But <laughs> you know what? If you want to continue being relevant, you're going to have no choice. So it's either you continue being relevant or you just stay uh, like basically you're going to become a dinosaur and then you're never going to get booked again. Yeah. Because you're just because your your style is just too old. It doesn't appeal to the new generation. But don't get me wrong. Some DJs that have a name that have been around for a long, long time still DJ, still travel. Why? Because they have a certain reputation from that era, and people that book them is because they want to hear that kind of. They still want to hear them play that kind of music. They're known for that kind of style, that kind of music. So they still get booked for that kind of those kind of events. Right. So you, you you still have a market for it, but it's not as strong as a market of adapting yourself to new generations and being able to tour and maybe being able to do festivals, uh, being able to do a big club gigs, like uh, going into Vegas, having a, a a residency in Vegas. Let's say you're not going to be you're not going to get to that. You're not going to be getting those gigs anymore. You'll just do the other gigs. I'll still pay, but not as much or not as you're not going to get those many gigs. Right. You won't be, you won't be doing it as much. Yeah. Exactly. So you've been doing this since 
you were 15 or, or so. What's been the... Uh, since I was 13. Thir- 13, sorry. Uh, what is the, the biggest change that you've noticed since that time to now? Is it Has it been equipment or has it been the music itself or, or styles? Or- gear. Gear has changed a lot. Uh, there's always new stuff, always new ga- gadgets. Uh, the computer system, the computer softwares. That's what made the whole DJing game change completely. Because before you had tapes, and 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 I mean, at first it started with eight tracks, uh, but obviously then you had tapes, and then you had vinyls. Yeah. Vinyls was the biggest thing. Um, everybody was playing on, mostly everybody was playing on vinyl. Then CDs came along, and after CDs came along, then there was a then there started to become computer softwares. The second computer softwares. Like the, the 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 DJ softwares came came out. That's what I think changed the whole game of DJing, and that's what I believe. It was a blessing, but a curse at the same time. Because okay. at that point, that's when everybody called themselves a DJ. Ah, okay. Because anybody could 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 have a library on their on their laptop, and have a software that allowed them to either mix a music by itself by pressing a sync button or you could see the numbers. You could see the BPMs and, and line, uh, align the lines of the uh, uh-huh. uh, of the waveforms on, on your computer to okay. see if you're matching lines. Then you like everybody at this point could become a DJ. And like I said, it's a curse and a blessing at the same time. A blessing why is because the real DJs don't have to be in crates anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to haul around crates of vinyl. No, and that's a and, and that's a that was a beauty of it. That was great for the first couple of years. That was amazing. But then you started seeing no names or random DJs coming up out of the blue, all of a sudden charging almost nothing to DJ gigs. Mm. And at first it was like, nah, this is a joke. This, this is not going to last. This is a joke. But after a while, it became more abundant, more abundant, more abundant. And the, the thing is that you couldn't fight it anymore. You just couldn't yeah. fight it. Anybody could call themselves a DJ. So, Celebrities call them a lot of celebrities call, them, call themselves DJs. Uh, you have all kinds of people that could call themselves DJs now. Are they real DJs? They call the software. They got the computer. Can they mix? No. To your point of, of how, making it easier for, for everybody to do it, I was a photographer for about ten years or, or ten twelve years, and then it was at the end of the film era when Photoshop came out. I was in school for photography, and it was really basic, and it, it looked everything looked terrible on it. But as it grew, more and more people suddenly became photographers. It took a lot of the skill out of actually composing and taking a photograph. You didn't have to worry about getting correct exposures. You didn't have to worry about darkroom technique because you just scanned the picture into your computer and you messed around with it on Photoshop and it looked fantastic. So and I, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. So it's been a And I see that. And you're right because I see that a lot. Because I do a lot of private events and corporate events as well. And I remember maybe what I think 10, 15 years ago, I would see, oh, I'd always see a handful of the same photographers all the time. Right. But then as the years progressed and all these softwares for photography, iPhones, whatever it is, it became so much more accessible and so much more easier. Then you start seeing random people all of a sudden. Yeah. Now I could see, I could see photographers and I'm like, I've never seen, like I could see one guy this week and another guy next week and I've just, I've never seen them in my life before. Oh, it's the first time I see them. Yeah, it's it's so it's rampant in, in photography as it is in DJing, and now you're seeing people coming to events with 
and, and and they can shoot stuff on on their phones, and it looks it's you know high quality photo. It's it's amazing. I I took a my I, I went to go see the band Living Color a couple about two years ago, and I didn't know if they would let me bring my camera in, so I just brought my phone in, and the pictures that I it was like one of my I'm a little late to technology. It was like one of my first uh, smartphones, and the pictures it took were fantastic. And I was so blown away by it. I said, this is it. I'm a dinosaur. I'm absolutely a dinosaur at this point. Yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. But now I'm trying to accept it because since I don't do it professionally anymore, I, I've accepted it and I've, I'm trying to take advantage of, of the quality of, of the iPhone pictures and, and take pictures where I might not be able to before where I wouldn't be able to bring my camera or I, it'd be too much of a pain to take an entire clunky rig with me. I've, I've got my phone and it, it does a decent enough job. So No, it's, exa- but it's exactly it. It's exactly what you were saying. Because at the beginning, the software for DJing weren't the best, but the more developed, the better it became and the easier it became for people just to call themselves DJ, DJs. And, that's, and, and, and again, and that's where my point of a DJ becoming more of a businessman comes along. It's because it takes away... These guys take literally away the job from the real professionals that yeah. really put the time into it and are really like really dedicated nights and nights and hours and hours of practice and listening and, and going out to listen to other DJs to actually really do it properly. And like even photographers learning and learning and learning and actually going to school to learn these things. Yeah. It took away from them. And then at that point, it's like the real professionals are the ones suffering. Exactly. Exactly, and it's funny. I saw a video of of you doing your 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 thing, and it blew me away. the The technique you had, and and I'm I'm sorry, I don't know technical terms for for DJing, but your hands were just so fast, and and everything just it was seamless. It it was fan, It was like art. It was amazing. I was so blown away. I never realized how much skill it took to do what you do. It, but again, because it's practice, right? You're just practicing, and I'm practicing. I'm putting hours at home to practice. When I told when I told you I was practicing when I was 13 to 15, like nonstop at home, because I was practicing. I didn't have a software, so I was right, training right. my ear to listen to music, to listen to beats, to know how to mix one song to the other, mistake after mistake after mistake, until I finally got it right. And training my ear to do it. Today it's the other way around. People are training their eyes to see how, the wavelengths. To, to, to link them together or to see the numbers of the BPMs of each song and yes. to link the numbers. Like if it's a 92 BPM, the other song has to be 92 BPM so they can mix it in. That, you know what? That's so true. And it's what, what blows me away in, in watching you is watching you, you, you like turn the, the, the record so you're at the exact same spot each time. It, it's, I have no idea how you do that. I mean, besides practice, obviously, but it's, it, it's so amazing. So you mentioned. Um, I, but hold on, you think that's amazing? You should watch. You should actually watch guys that are like that. I watch and that 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 I admire and I look up to. There, a lot of guys are killers out there. They're amazing. Like they're they're amazing DJs. Like I I I I aspire to be one day, like like them one day. Like it's I, that's why I still practice because I do my thing and I appreciate what people say when I when I when I when I DJ and I appreciate all the comments, but. Trust me when I tell you, there's guys out there that just blow blow me away. <laughs> like 
out of the water and they're just amazing at what they do. And, and they put even more hours and it's, it's just another level. So I, I'm always like, always, that's why I'm always trying to learn and learn and learn and learn. I, 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 I aspire when it to get to their level, even though maybe I won't, maybe I will, who knows, but I'm still practicing just because I want to practice and I want to get better for myself. Not necessarily, it's not necessarily that something I'll do in the clubs uh, or a private event or a corporate event because let's be honest, when you DJ in a private event, a corporate event, they don't want to hear you scratch like crazy. Right. You yeah. could do a few scratches here and there, but the whole point of doing a private event or a corporate event is actually just to make sure that people have a good time having the right music selection and reading the crowd properly and make sure and making sure that people are just having a good time and dancing their night the, the night away. That's what it is really. Uh, when I try to practice and what you saw on, on, on social media or whatever it is that you saw, it's just because I love doing that for myself, but what I use that only when I do, when I tour on, 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 um, with the, the comedian that I tour with, which is a uh, sugar Simon. Yes. So I tour with them. So, and, and I open up shows for him. So opening up a show, a comedy show is a completely different thing because I'm there at the beginning, beginning of the evening while people are coming in, entering the, entering, entering the room, sitting down and to see this guy, a DJ on stage. Now, I had to make it more interesting for them to just watch me play music. It's I, yeah. I, I'm not just playing music. I want to do other things, right? I need to I need to entertain them. So the same way you were blown away by my 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 hand movement or my scratching, whatever it is, or my songs, or the way I was mixing music together. Yeah, that's what I try to bring in front of a crowd that I'm on stage for to entertain and warm up before. The comedians, the open, the, the or the first act comes up before Sugar Simon comes up. Right. So that's what I do. I do that for myself, so I could be able to to entertain that kind of crowd. I can't do that in the club. I can't do that in a corporate event, and I can't do that in a in a private event. It just doesn't work. But I'll yeah, do it. I can see that. I, I, I'll, exactly. So I'll do it as a form of entertainment, so people could be like, "Oh my God, wow, <laughs> he's what is he doing?" And that's. And at the same time, I, I, I want to, I do it to educate people also because I got fed up also of all these little DJs coming up and just mixing music and calling themselves DJs. I want the people to see, you know where a real DJ is? <laughs> this is what real DJs do. I love it. I love that. Well, you, you, you do an so, amazing job of, of mixing different genres together. That That's one of the things that blew me away. Well, then that's the whole point of DJing. And that's that's the whole point of DJing, and that's what people need to understand. And and I, I like again, I find that because of the whole software, DJ software, all of that, and I I, I find that people and generations, as you know, like the the new generation, don't don't understand what a real DJ is anymore. They never seen a real DJ. Oh, they only okay. see they only see what's what's in front of their face now. So a guy that's just DJing, pressing button, pressing play to mix two songs together, then it's like, wow, he's playing. This guy's amazing. No, he's not. <laughs> I could, I could show, I, I, I could show your mother how to do it. Yeah. Then, you, then you'll tell me she's amazing. <laughs> DJ mom. You want to see? Yeah. You want to see a real DJ? I'll show you a real DJ. There's so many guys out there from Jazzy Jeff, from DJ Cray, from A Track, from like from DJ Scratch. Like there's so many, so many amazing DJs out there that are just like put the hours and put the hours and put the hours and that don't really get the recognition that they're supposed to get. 
Yeah. And just because you have all these younger kids that come up or the celebrity DJs that come up and, and take away from the real job of what a real DJ is about. And like you said, photography, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. It, it, you know, you have, you have the real photographers are known, renowned and everything else. But then you have the, you know, a, a company's going to be like, well, you're charging me $10,000 to do my photography, my, my photo shoot for, for my brand for this. I found a guy for a thousand bucks. Oh man, you have no idea how many times I had to go up through that. It was ridiculous. Yeah, but that's and again, <laughs> is the product going to be the same? No, is the end product going to be the same? No, it's not. They, they exactly, they only see the price. Exactly, exactly. They see, they see what they could save in their in, in their pockets, but at the end of the day, is the product, end product going to be the same? Not even close. Probably not. Not even close. And the thing that that you'd mentioned that I thought is is really interesting is that. So you DJ before the comedian Sugar Sammy comes out and does his his show. That's yeah. That's actually amazing because you've got to keep the crowd interested and in a good mood and and get them ready for the show. Because the last thing a comedian wants to do is to come out to a, a pissed off crowd. Because that makes his exactly that makes his job well, even not a pissed off crowd. Or a bored really crowd. Pissed. I mean, they're, they're there to see a show, right? It's not, I don't think it's a pissed off crowd. I think it's just like a crowd that's just like, okay, we're just waiting for something to happen. Right. They're just being a patient for until the show starts. So I, I I think by having me on there is just to create like kind of like oh wow I'm actually oh what do you it's just it's a sort of entertainment that we give them and it, it, it's it's exciting for a lot of people because they're like oh my god I haven't heard this song in a while I haven't heard this song in a while oh my god see, look how he's mixing I've never like he's 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 doing crazy things that's the entertainment that we want to keep on on, on just to give the crowd uh, all right so. Is it difficult for you to find your sound as a DJ? At first, because you're you're trying to find yourself. Okay. At the beginning beginning of your career, you're trying to find yourself. You don't know who you are as a DJ. You don't really you know some DJ, some DJs have a category already. Some DJs want to be house music DJs. Right. Uh, some B, some DJs want to be hip hop DJs. Uh, some B, some DJs want to be open format DJs where you you're able to play a variety of music together. Um, it depends. It depends. I mean. Look, I, I've I've listened to a lot of DJs. I've mimicked a lot of DJs. But at the end of the day, I have, now I can say that I have my own sounds because I'm very comfortable behind the turntables or the CD players, whatever it is. And I just know how I want to play music and how I should play music. It, 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 it takes a while. But after a while, after a bit, people will recognize who you are and your sound. Because it's an art and they come And they come out. And they come out for you. And they know. Right. And yeah. they actually know. Yeah, because it's an art form. So you're developing yeah. your own voice as as a DJ. You recently had a birthday back in November, and yes. so you raised money for uh, Rescue All Dogs Co or at Rescue All Dogs Co. Exactly. And so I'm part of. Um, yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just I was just going to ask you if you could uh, tell us a little bit of, about the organization, and is this something that you do on a regular basis to try to raise money for rescue dogs because uh, my dog's a rescue dog and I love him to death. Oh, wow. He's what the, kind of dogs do you have? He's the best. Um, he is a Australian Shepherd Boxer Mix. Oh, wow. How and old is he? He's three. And his name is Hammond. Oh, my God. He's the coolest dog. He's he, he's he's hilarious. Yeah, my dog's actually sleeping right now. <laughs> <laughs> my dog's going nuts downstairs. He, he's uh, he, he's full of energy still. He's uh He's yeah. The, uh, dogs are the best. Honestly, oh. dogs are the best. So I I never had a dog before. Oh, okay. Up until four years ago. 
And four years ago, I had a girlfriend and she had a dog. She had a pit bull mix, uh, which I wasn't crazy about, to be honest with you, because when I was 12, I got bit by a pit bull on Ooh. my leg for no reason, oh, just by for standing there. And I hate dogs and especially pit bulls ever since then. But I started dating her and she had this pit bull and her pit bull is the most sweetest girl, Aww. like sweetest girl ever. Yeah. Like. She's so lovable. She just wants to be kissed. She does. She means no harm to anybody. She loves other animals. She loves kids. She loves everybody. She's like just sociable, so nice. And she was a rescue too because she was like, unfortunately, she was a uh, kind of uh, uh, her old owner used to beat her up. And oh. unfortunately, yeah. and, and and thank God for his wife that called the cops to be able to take her away from them. Oh wow! Because. Yeah, because she couldn't take it anymore. She, she was tired of, of her being abused the way he did on, on her. So oh she she rescued her. And so when we started going out, she would bring her to my house. And I was just not comfortable at the beginning because I'm like, okay, this all could sound at me at any moment. But honestly, <laughs> she was the, 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 the most lovable, kind soul I've ever seen on in a dog, Aww. and as as we started uh, as we continued uh, dating, the dog was just like always there, and like I felt like she was just depressed. So I, I told my girlfriend at that point, I'm like, I'm like, look, maybe we should get her another dog, just to <laughs> be able to, to 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 have somebody there with her to be be able to play and have fun, and yeah. and 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 just you know have somebody a companion there to, to not always be alone and just to to enjoy. Yeah. So. We got Tyson as a baby. He was two months old. Uh, she found him, so we, we got him. And I, it was hard, to be honest with you. It was really hard at first because I never had a dog before, especially not a puppy. And oh, yeah. puppies are puppies puppies are, are are a big handful. Yes, like a big handful. Like they, they have a lot of uh, energy. They eat stuff. They break stuff. <laughs> they chew on everything. Yeah. They chew on everything. They pee. They pee anywhere in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you bring him in. You bring him in your bed, and all of a sudden, he pees in your bed. And, like you, you lose it on him sometimes. Like it's yep. not that, and it's not intentionally. They're not doing it on, on purpose. Obviously, like you need to understand that they're they're not. They, they don't do it because they want to do it. It's just because they don't understand. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, and a lot of people, I guess, get a lot of people get frustrated. And, and get mad at these animals because they're not obeying to do what they want them to do or how they want to, they want them to do it. But a puppy, as a dog, it takes a year, two, three years maybe until it actually understands you properly. And after that, it's like the most lovable creature ever. That's awesome. I'm so I'm so glad. I have seen some pictures of you guys together, and Tyson is a he's a handsome dog. He's a handsome dog. He's a big boy. He's like he's a he's a cuddle monster. He just <laughs> wants to cuddle all the time. Uh, he has an attitude. He does have an attitude sometimes. Like don't get me wrong. If he doesn't know you and he's scared, and he's scared, he will have an attitude with you. He will bark at you because he doesn't know you, and not a mean bark, just a bad bark, and just a, a bark where it's like, "Leave me alone. I don't know who you are. Get out of my face. I, right. I'm, I'm scared of you." Type of thing. So Tyson, and, and so I got Tyson. That's how I got Tyson, and since. I mean, I'm not with my ex-girlfriend anymore, but so Tyson is mine now, and I've I just I've loved him so much, so so much that 
there was this person in, in Vancouver that just reached out to me one day and her name is Kim and she she was with the rescue called the uh, Raincoast Rescue out of Vancouver. Okay. She, she was she was helping them out a lot. Like she was very hardcore in, in, into that rescue. And it's been I think what two years now that she's you know like I, she she needed help for to raise money for 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 the for the rescue. And right. I just proposed that I help her out. I she didn't really ask me for it. Like we just she was just following me on Instagram and she saw how much I love my dog and she saw my dog and that's how we started to, to connect. Okay. And after a while she's like, Oh, we need money because we want to go on a rescue to Lebanon and we want to rescue wow. dogs over there because it's 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 very tough on dogs over there. Stray dogs especially they, they do all kinds of they do all kinds of stuff to dogs out there. Oh, and it's only in Lebanon. They do like it, it, like I've seen videos that she sent me, pictures that she sent me it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, how can people be so mean? Like I, I, I never seen so much so much cruelty towards an animal in my life when I've seen these animals, puppies, especially puppies. I'm like, they're puppies. Yeah. Why are you like it was just it was just disgusting and, and, and I'm like I, I I just couldn't watch this anymore. So they needed help just to, to get funds. And look, I, I, mean, I, have, I have a sort of following. I don't have many followers. I have like, I have like probably like 22, 23,000 followers on Instagram. And it's an amazing following. Uh, I don't have 100,000 to a million followers. Right. But uh, I mean, whatever I could have and try to help with, I, I will. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, and... So we started doing we started doing uh, some fundraisers online. Like I, I just asked my followers, you know, I posted the pictures of the rescue of, of their of their missions and all of that, and I asked people just to try to help them out. And people were and a lot of people are were responding. That's and awesome. I'm like, wow, people actually like you know they there were people that respond they were responding, and I feel like I feel like a lot of people are just living in a bubble that they don't really see what happens around the world. In terms of animal cruelty, so by agree. by putting it out there and for them to see, I think it opened the eyes of a lot of people and it really touched their hearts and it made it made them aware. And I think people are like, "Oh my God, how is this happening?" Well, it is happening. Unfortunately, we don't see it because it's not like news are going to uh, news is going to talk about it because it's just dogs, right? To them, right. who yeah. cares about dogs? So. I think social media has that kind of power to to bring people together to help out a certain situation. So that rescue all dogs came along where she's like, where I one point I'm like, I told Kim, I'm like, Kim, we can't continue asking people for money just to fundraise money. It's at one point people are going to be like, well, I donated a lifetime. I don't need to donate it again. Right. You know, like, and, and, and it's sad to say, but $5 at Starbucks, will go a longer way than five dollars uh, for a rescue for a lot of people. Yeah, they, they they see what they're getting for that five dollars immediately. They don't see it when they're giving it to a, a charity. So that's a, that's exactly the point. So I told Kim, I'm like Kim, maybe we should we should start selling stuff. Ah. And she came up with, and she came up with the idea too. She's like, okay, well, so she came up with the idea of uh, of uh, doing a ride, which is called Rescue All Dogs. And that was uh, uh, that would be the foundation for getting funds to be able to to, to send it to like Wrinkles Rescue or another kind of rescue, wherever it is that that needs really funds to actually help out animals. 
um, especially dogs or cats or whatever it is. So we decided, she decided to, to, to create, um, to, to basically get bracelets with little medallions on them that says rad rescue all dogs. And, and, and we would sell them. And at the same time, people would get these for like 20 or $25. Uh, and probably like 10 or 20 or $15 would go directly to the foundation of rad. Oh, cool. And whatever we save would go to eventually, you know, that would be the money that we would be using to, to help out, to help out the rescues. And, 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 and doing that, I think, I think people understood more and like were willing to pay for that because they're right. getting something in return and they felt like there was something doing, they're doing something good. But at the same time, they're getting something in return. Yeah, exactly. And they, they, they're seeing something for the money that they're putting in. And plus, if you're putting your logo on it, it's also getting that out there for other people to see too. Exactly. And it's something nice. It's a, it's a bracelet. It's nice. It looks good. It's not ugly. It's, it's fashionable. So, and it's not expensive. $25. It, it, it was perfect. So we raised, we were able to raise money to, 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 to help out other, uh, the rescue with that. So that's where Rad came along and Rad is right now continuing where that's, we're actually focusing on that to build in more and more and more to have more products to be able to sell products so people could buy the products and, and, and a lot, of, and most, most of the profits, if not all of it, will probably go to, uh, to, to help our dogs. But now, if Kim is going to be, you know, we, we already had a discussion with Kim where she has a job, but at the same time do, is doing a rad on part time. Where we're like, look, if you want to focus more on rad, then you're going to have to take a salary, you know. And but she hates that. She hates <laughs> the fact of taking a salary. She's like, well, if I take a salary, I'm taking away from dogs. But unfortunately, if you don't have another job and you're only taking care of rad, you need to take something for yourself at least to live. So yeah. you could take care of rad full time. So rat to grow to a bigger thing where people would always buy, 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 and we have more money to save dogs. So that's something we, we, we were working on. And uh, recently, just recently, not even two days ago, uh, she got a call for a dog in Vancouver that got hit by a, a van. Oh, wow. And was left on the street, basically, to, to like to die. The oh. van just left. And somebody, somebody that, which is amazing, somebody actually took her, brought it to the hospital. The hospital contacted Kim. Kim called me right away. She's like, we have a problem. I'm like, where is this? It was, it was nine o'clock for her, midnight, midnight for me. Uh, and so I'm like, what's the problem? She's like, well, there's this dog. Her name is Bean. She's four years old. She got hit by a van. Her owner, her owner's an addict. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. So she was, she lived on the streets. So she's like, she needs, she needs an operation. It's the, the doctor says it's about forty five hundred to five thousand dollars for the operation. Wow. I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, so the first thing I did, I'm like, I started praying online, and I, I lie to you not when I say the power of social media is basically like within twenty four hours, we were able to raise the five thousand dollars. Wow. To help save that animal. That's amazing. People, people literally saved were able to like it, it was incredible i've never seen that in my life people literally stood up and they saw the pictures and they saw the, the video they saw everything and they literally stood up and like we're helping this dog oh, and literally man. people literally got up and 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 we did we created a full funding page we passed the 4500 mark which we're at at five thousand dollars which is amazing because we were able to pay the, for the for the vet bill for the well for the surgery yeah but obviously you know how vets are at the end, after the surgery, like, well, now there's this, 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 and this. So at the yeah. end, 
Yeah, exactly. At the at the at the end, the unfort like we got screwed in a way because the the vet bill came out to thirteen thousand dollars instead of four thousand dollars. Whoa. So now we have a seven thousand dollars difference, and unfortunately, we're not going to go back and tell people, "Well, uh, you guys can't do this, you guys don't anymore." Because <laughs> yeah. now we can't do that. So no. what we're going to do is just like we, we Kim is going to obviously she decided to pay it for herself, and on the on the products that we're going to start selling for Rad, she's going to start taking back the money slowly, slowly, slowly to repair herself, and then continue with Rad. And unfortunately, that's that's the way it has to go. Well, how how can some of the people listening to this show help out? Is there a, what what social media uh, avenues do you have where they can connect with you? So Rad Rad is a Rescue All Dogs. That's where it's uh, that's where it's on 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 Instagram. We're mostly on Instagram at the moment, and the uh, website's being built. We're 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 doing slowly. We're we're getting merchandise together to be able to sell, to be able to have stuff to be. To, to, to make a profit on, to be able to put in the funds, to be able to save dogs like this. And to, when there's emergencies, to be able to be like, we have this covered. We could do this. We could, we can have this dog. Uh, because if, 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 honestly, this dog would have not survived if it wasn't for the help of everybody online, on That's social media. This dog would have never survived. It would, they would have, they would have taken her and just euthanized her. Unfortunately. Oh, well, I'm glad that didn't happen. That that's a great no, we're glad that didn't happen. <laughs> well, I've I know I've kept you a lot longer than uh, what we had spoken about. So, um, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Where can they contact you if, if they're interested in in having you at an event or uh, if they want to listen to some of the, the the music that you're making? So either Google me. Uh, you could Google DJYO-C, DJYOC, or on social media on Instagram is DJYOC. Uh, on Facebook, also Facebook is uh, DJYO-C as well. Okay. Uh, you could find me like that, and for sure, for a hundred percent, I'm always I'm always down to do something. Awesome, and uh, I think some of your music is on SoundCloud also, so they can check you yeah, out. Yeah, I have there. stuff on SoundCloud. I, I haven't updated it on SoundCloud, to be honest with you, in a while because SoundCloud has a lot of the copyright infringement laws now that you can't do much with. So they bring, they take down a lot of your mixes and all that stuff. So oh, I don't geez. really put stuff on SoundCloud anymore. I'm, I, I am on MixCloud, though. Okay. Uh, MixCloud, it's another form of SoundCloud. It's just another kind of avenue for DJs to put on their mixes. Uh, but That's I'm, great. the thing is that, yeah, but I'm, I'm a very, uh, my, my DJ style, like, I'm like, I, I play all kinds of music. So it could be, it could be, you could have mixes of house music on there or R&B music or hip hop, or I'm very, like, very open format as a DJ. So I don't like, I don't like calling myself just a house DJ or hip hop DJ. I like playing everything. So that's why I put all kinds of mixes on there. Just for people to appreciate it, they like house. There's a house mix. If they like hip hop, there's a hip hop mix. If they like R&B, there's an R&B mix. Or if they like open format, there's a mix over there also for that. So, yeah, you can find. That's where you can find it. Well, that was awesome. When I listened to you, your stuff, I I realized there's no way I I was going to be able to pigeonhole you with my limited knowledge. So, I oh, I, no. I really okay. enjoyed listening to you. And uh, everybody, check out DJ Yossi. Thank you so much for coming on with me, man. I really do appreciate the time you spent with me tonight and and teaching me a lot about being a DJ. Because, like I said, my again, pleasure. Thank you for having me.
your pussy like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss. All you ladies pop your pussy like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss. Just do it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 